Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Fantasia, and you are now tuned with my baby, D. Loving when I'm flexing up in my car. Door swing open for my passenger. Look up in the mirror, fix my mascara. People want to know who the hell is Riding in my Coopersville I, I stay mobbing in my hoopty steel Rattle in the trunk when I play the track Word to the left, yelling holler back This is Chili, and you're listening to D. Real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. Big Birkin bag, hold five, six figures. Stripes on my ass, but we call his pussy figure. Fucking on his scamming ass, rich ass nigga. Same 
Picture Miami and I came to run my sack up. Tired ass hoes on my page trying to track us. Brand new chain city girls going platinum. I keep a baby block. I ain't fighting with no random period. You bitches weak. Is you serious? I let him taste the pussy. Now he acting all delirious. Did a dash in the rubber. I can spread the furious. You see my number in his phone. Now you acting curious. He gon' buy me Gucci if I ask for it. Here, cause you nigga walk his palm for it. I bet your little sister wanna look like me. I bet your little brother wanna fuck on me. Fuck around, get your mind last night. 
girlfriend, you gotta come teach me You a little hot girl, you a little sweetie Sweet like pale and sweet like peach tree like that. I could tell you crazy, but shit kinda intrigue me Yeah, I like that Seen it on the ground, trying to see that shit in 3D, mommy I know I get around cause I like to move freely But you can lock it down, I can tell by how you treat me Seen how you did homeboy, so please take it easy Good to have me on your side, I ain't saying that you need me Six got talk, but I ain't trying to get preachy No, no I seen how you did homeboy, please take it easy on me I don't wanna play no games, play no games I don't wanna play no games, play no games What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to On Air with the one and only rock star on the mic, David Dwayne, in the place to be. On Air with David Dwayne, my fair swings radio. Yes, I feel like I always say that like double to twice the time and everything else. But listen, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you're tuning in live, you're tuning in after the fact or whenever the hell in the bus, you're tuning in. You're tuned in, and we appreciate that. And, you know, tonight is going to be a dope show. But first off, I want to say happy Wednesday to everybody. Hopefully everybody is, and you and yours are in a good space this week, today, um, and that you're just filled with love and positivity in your heart and everything, and that you are spreading that joy, um, even though these times are absolutely crazy. So yeah, while these times are crazy, not only um, was it necessary for me to come back on the air and do the amazing things that I do. But it was just, it just makes sense to, you know, just bring amazing content. Like I told you guys last week when we came back, you know, a lot of this content that you guys hear is content that was done over the course of a couple months, brand new content that you guys might have already seen on my website, YouTube channel, all that other good stuff, which, you know, you can always find all the content on mfweradio.com, at mfwe on all social platforms across the board so you can you know, just kind of stay up to date to what, what we're doing and even for myself at David Dwayne on Instagram, you know, Instagram. Let's get these followers up. Got a verified check and everything else and 13 followers. We're going to get to 30 at the end, by the end of this year. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, tonight we're going to have and we're going to be airing my interview with D. Munoz, Brent Joy, and Christian Paul. Now, if you guys do not know who these amazing artists are, tonight is going to be the night that you find out who these amazing guys are. And keep in mind, you guys, these interviews were su- done. Some were done post-COVID and after. We were hit with COVID, uh, you know, prior to and after. Yeah, post, yeah. Yeah, before and after, you know, we were hit with COVID. So 
Um, but these are so great conversations that everybody needs to hear and great music that you need to be tapped into. So hopefully you guys will enjoy these amazing interviews as much as I enjoyed talking with them. And yes, 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 yes. So, you know, I don't even want to really talk too much. I'd rather that we just get all into the interviews momentarily. But I got I wanna kinda turn up a little bit and then we wanna get into the jams, like I said, we're not doing our regular format. It's like that with entertainment news right now. We'll get back to entertainment news maybe next week. I think next week we'll get back to entertainment news. I think that we just need to kind of usually dive into what this content is that I'm delivering here. So once we can, you know, we can digest that and, you know, we kind of simmer to all the things that are going on crazy in the world. We can for sure get back to that. But yeah. It's a lot of amazing content. It's a lot of amazing content. So, and I'm also, 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 also. I know that I'm talking and I've talked the whole uh, background of no guidance instrumental on top of playing it before. But I am hosting my very, 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 very own industry panel. Yes, music and industry panel. It kicks off next Thursday. It will be via Zoom. So make sure that you follow at Industry Conversation. It's called Industry Conversation guys want to be in the industry you want to learn about it you guys are in it you don't really know much or you or you're in it and you just need some more guidance and you need just want to just want to hear a good talk industry conversation platform produced by urban fierce group and dave duane who is i and i am him and this is going to be something that is very inspirational to all people that you know our, our lovers of the of the business of music and entertainment. So this is definitely the platform for you to be a part of our weekly chats. Are every Thursday it's going to be uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. It's going to be live on Zoom and on Facebook. So you got to make sure you follow the proper account. You can follow Urban Fierce. Those industry conversation is the page you want to follow. And like I said, you want to make sure you go and also follow David Wayne. Are you following me? Are you not? Okay, you need to. You need to be. Um, make sure that you do follow. And that you are a part of this moment, you know, everybody needs some uplifting in these times. So, yeah, we wanted to do it. So it's our gift to you guys. And, um, yes, let's get into these interviews. We want to get into this Christian Paul interview. Then we're going to go Brent Joy. Then we're going to go D. Munoz. And we're going to play their amazing music. So hopefully that you guys will enjoy the show tonight and everything else. Thank you all so, so, so much tuning in live or tuning into this on the archives. I know I am talking this much because I am not going to be talking much throughout the rest of the show besides just slapping you with these interviews. So enjoy you guys. Let's get into the baby sugar and just kind of turn up for a little bit and just get ready for these amazing interviews. Yes, let's get it. Who you moving? Oh Lord, Jason made another one. Huh? Back in the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first nigga play, I'ma body a nigga. Uh, I just check my balance, I probably pull up to your hood and come buy me a nigga. No cap. You know that your hoe told you that nigga crazy. Don't think that she lied to your nigga. Bitch. Get caught with your hoe when I'm popping them both. Now they hot just like Bobby and Whitney. Uh, Say I'm the GOAT. Act like I don't know. But fuck it, I'm obviously winning. Don't make me go hit the bank. Take out a hundred to show you our pockets is different. Uh, I'm out with your bitch and I only want knowledge. She got a little mileage, I'm chilling. Uh, uh, you disrespect me and I beat your ass up all in front of your partners and children. I'm the type that let niggas think 
think that I'm broke until I pop out with a million. Pop. And take 20k and put that on your head and make one of your partners come kill you. Yeah. Stay fucking with me, then he gotta grow up. Cause this nigga gotta be kidding. This shit can't fit in my pocket. I got it. Like I hit the lottery, nigga. I for slap the shit out of nigga. No talking. I don't like to argue with nigga. I don't. Ain't gonna be no more laughing. You see me whip out. Cause I'm gonna be the shot me a nigga. No cap. I don't follow no bitches on IG, but all of your bitches, they following nigga. And that little nigga ain't gonna shoot shit with that gun. He just pull it out in his pictures. Bitch. Huh? huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh, she like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about shit, I'ma pop it. Got like 32,000 in one of my pockets. The other one, that's where the Glock is. Glock. You little nigga wanna be in that gangster, man. Tell all these little niggas, stop that. Uh-huh. Be the Birmingham nigga in front of the store with your mammy and grandma shopping. Bitch. I shot on a whole nother wave on these niggas. Let's see one of these little niggas top that. Uh-huh. I'll turn a nigga into a convertible. Push me a little nigga top back. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend be hating and calling a groupie just cause she like on my music. Uh-huh. She just sent me a text to delete the message. She trying to find out it's confused. I don't know what these niggas thinking about. Use the brain on your head for you losing. I pull up at the school and I teach her some shit. Tell your bro, I'm a motherfucking tutor. Remember, I used to cheat off a pretty bitch test. All the teachers, they thought I was stupid. Uh-huh. Was expecting a box to pull up on the truck, man. This nigga pulled up on the scooter. Fuck. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh-huh. Yeah. She like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh? I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Packing the mail, it's gone. Uh-huh. She like I smell cologne. Yeah. I just signed a deal, I'm on. Yeah, yeah. I go where I want, good, good. Play if you want, let's do it. Huh. I'm a young CEO, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, guys? It's Christian Paul, and you're checking out my boy, David Dwayne. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back into On Air with your one and only rock star on the mic, David Dwayne. It's to be in right here, right now. We've got our boy, Christian Paul, on with us, who's got a brand new self-titled EP, Christian Paul. And, guys, if you don't know, Christian does R&B, soul, pop, all that dope stuff. And honestly, Christian, you got a nice style of project that I think everybody has to tap into once it comes out on March 20th. And I got to say, you know, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, man. Dude, I, I um, you know, before before we get into the, the interview, bro, like, I, I want to thank you for, you know, for taking the time to conduct this, man. And, you know, this, this whole uh, process, you know, it takes a lot of patience, man. And, mm-hmm. It's um, been a long time coming. So anytime that I hear that, the music is connecting with people. It uh, it really means the world to me. So uh, thank you for your encouragement. So it, it really goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm a I'm a lover of R&B, but then I love I'm a lover of pop as well, and I love the sound influence of both fused into this project, especially for a self-titled. And I think that a lot of people do not take the time to really make sure that their project is really sonically them. You know what I'm saying? And I can tell that you did that. So just kind of diving right into it, you know, picking the selections of the records before we, you know, we dive back. Was that difficult for you to, to pick these six records or did you find it very easy with the selection? Man, it, it's, a, it's a good problem to have, you know, when you have so many songs that that you love and, and feel a connection with that are in the vault. You know, it, it makes it hard to to narrow it down. Um, there, there were a few songs that are that are in the vault that just you know didn't make the cut for whatever reason that I was I was pretty torn over. But uh, they will be making the next project, like the next EP. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to share those songs with everyone. 
That's amazing. And working with the different producers that you did work with and, you know, bringing your songwriting to it, what was the most important thing that you wanted to make sure that was well delivered with this um, introductory? Man, I think sonically, the thing that was most important to me was making sure that I was releasing, I, I am releasing music that is true to who I am, representative of my artistry in this particular season, and working with people who understood that and were were willing to create, you know, w- with me that that uh, under under that understanding or with that understanding. And lyrically, the what was important for me to uh, to portray in this in this project was um, just re- relatability. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing about things that I have experienced over the past year or two, um, whether that be in a, in a romantic uh, relationship or, um, you know, friendships or, or just life, just throwing, you know, unforeseen circumstances your way. You know, I, I wanted to, to write about heartbreak, about romance, about frustration, anger, um, just emotions that everyone has felt. Yeah, and I can hear that a lot, especially like the relationship aspect on Nothing Less. Like that's actually like my one of my favorite records from the uh, tracks from the project. Yeah. And for for the fans, tell them about that record because that one is like, man, if they, if they got an ear for, for music, they really will love that one like off the rip, outside of hearing Chapter and Maria and uh, Here Tonight. They will love that one for sure, for sure. Thank you, man. Yeah, so Nothing Less was the first song um, that I, that I wrote for the project. Oh wow! And that was yeah. That that session was me officially stepping out of the creative comfort zone that I had been in for two years prior to that. And it and it, it initiated this you know this this creative process that lasted for the next you know four to six months where I was creating without limitation mm-hmm. um, and, and really learning to, to write music in a new way. Um, so I'm, man, man, I'm excited about that, that record. Uh, that's, that's one that's, that's close to my heart in that it's, it's kind of responsible for all of the other songs that you're going to hear on the EP. Yeah, it definitely is. And I can um, really hear that it sets its tone for the entire project and for that song to, you know, actually make the cut is really incredible because like you said you have so many records that you could have chose and that you'll end up putting on the next project but that one right there i can hear it just for the being a musical person myself and let's, right. talk, let's even talk a little bit further about being musical you know you started out your musical journey young and you know just learning instruments and you know l- knowing music and knowing instruments like that what was the what part of that did you take into the actual structure of you know, kind of switching your sound a little bit because before you were doing a, more stuff that was a little bit more on the pop side, but now you have a good, well-balanced mixture where, honestly, I feel right. like this is really, really you. Not saying your other song was not you and the message was strong, was amazing. I got to commend you on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Thank this you, really man. is showing so much growth, especially at the age of 20. Thank you, bro. Yeah, so my my musicality played a, a um, pretty integral role uh, in the creative process, sessions usually started by uh, myself and, and whoever the the producer was in the room. I, I worked with with three on uh, on this project. Uh, one is a close friend of mine. Um, I'm in close with all of them, but Ebenezer, who's also signed to uh, the 12 song 
his um, EP just dropped last week. It's, it's ridiculous. So shout, shout out to, to Ebenezer. But um, he, he produced the majority of the, the EP. Then there's a, another guy named Sag Passe, um, who I'm tight with, and a, and a production doer named Glasshouse. And we all grew really close to one another throughout this, this creative process. Um, because we were, we were just creating music that we believed in. But um, all of that to say, each session uh, started out with you know me on the keys or on guitar, along with Ebenezer Sarkasse or Glasshouse. You know, really trying to figure out you know what what the chord structure was going to be. You know, mapping out each song. So uh, it, it definitely played a a big role, and I'm I'm thankful that my parents you know allowed me to pick up instruments from such a, a young age. Right. Because it was always around you. How could they not? <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the yeah, exactly. Down. And I think that the fact that you had that early discovery for, you know, music and saying, you know what, let me pick up an instrument. You know, let me even write my first song at 13. You know, let me really figure out this thing that I love that's yeah. just been so near and dear. A lot of people have you know, are either figuring out what they love later in life or they're figuring out very early in life. And, you know, your journey has been right. incredible. Man, yeah, I, I, um, I am so blessed um, to have had the experiences that I've had at, at such a young age in, in the industry. You know, I started, like you said, started writing, started writing music around 13 and was just, uh, you know, doing that in my bedroom and Ended up moving to uh, to Los Angeles whenever I was I was 15, and when, when I was out there, I, I almost had to compromise my my artistry or the artistry that I was discovering mm. um, for another person's vision. Um, at the age of 15, 16, almost got jaded, man, and, and I had to leave that situation and and go back to Jacksonville um, with my family. And just start writing music in my bedroom again to read for my my love, you know, my, right. my first love, which was which was music and songwriting. Um, but all of it, all of it worked together. Because if I if I had never gone out to LA and had that experience, and you know, um, you know, worked with some some pretty notable people within the industry, then I probably wouldn't have been prepared to to step into what what I'm doing now. Right. And I was going to ask you, like, how, even though that, that experience had some some craziness going on, what did you learn, like, the right. most from that that got you to this point? Because, you know, a lot of people can, you know, get out there firsthand at such a young age and be like, oh, my gosh, this is discouraging. And then they give up. But you were like, you know what, let's just get out of this situation, take it back all the way to my roots, and really deliver and not give up this thing that I love so much. Yeah, I um man I, th I think one of the, the one of the major things that I took away from being in in LA and working with the people that I was working with was just patience and the importance of staying true to your artistry and who you are and not compromising your vision for anyone else's. Um and and, and that's not to say that I don't, you know, that that, that I don't I don't take to heart the wisdom of, you know, the people, the successful people around me, especially, you know, the songwriters around me, other other creatives, you know, that, that can help me grow if I if I surround myself with them. Even even then, they're never going to encourage me to be somebody that I'm not. You know, right. they're they're only going to enhance what's already there. 
and sharpen what, what's already there. Um, and, and then, you know, patience, lear- learning patience that things just don't happen overnight and you, you're going to face uh, more than likely you're, you're going to face some, some hardships, you know, some, some unfortunate, uh, unforeseen circumstances that, that may act as hur- hurdles. Um, but you step over them, man, you step over them. And, and if this is really what you want, you push forward. Listen, and I try to tell people all the time, you've got to push. You've got to push forward. If it's something that you say that you love and understand that it's going to come with highs and lows, there's nothing in this life that we're not all cut out for if we're put in the position to start to do it, right? So I'm like, I, I tell people, like, just roll with the punches it's, it's, and trust the process as much as right. you can. And once you get over that hurdle, you'll look back and be like, oh, wow. I can't look back because I'm looking forward and it's even beautiful than what it was before. Yeah. Yep. And speaking totally, of, man. and speaking of beautiful, I love the, um, the inspiration with Maria. Who knew that, uh, the Carlos Santana record would be what the inspiration was for this record. And, <laughs> then, the, and then the visual is just like, Oh my goodness. So before we even really talk about the single visually, do you come up with your treatments or is this something that you're, you and your team sit down and come up with together what is that process, you know, for the, the visuals? It's a, um, it's a collaborative process, um, you know, and, and we actually, we, we have another single dropping. The, the focus track for the, the EP is a, is a song called Bad Manners. Oh, um, that's my song. We're going to talk about that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, that's, that, that was my favorite, you know, the, the night that I recorded it. But, uh, yeah, I wrote and recorded it. But, um, you know, we're, my, my, uh, two managers and I are already discussing and, and just throwing out ideas for, for the music video, um, for Bad Manners. So I'm, I'm really excited, man. And I think even more so with Bad Manners, we're, we're going to have, uh, our hand creatively. And when I say we, I mean, you know, my, my two managers and I, we're, we're going to have our hand in this video more than any other video that we've, we've put out. Right. That's amazing. And let's talk about your managers because you, your, your managers have been doing amazing things in the business for, for countless years. And they discovered you on YouTube. I mean, not YouTube, but you know, you, you've been killing the internet and stuff like that. So YouTube is, is a good thing where people can find you too. So subscribe, comment, like all the other good stuff that they, I, listen, I don't <laughs> Thank you, man. YouTubers be doing the most. I'm like, yo, calm down. But they discovered right. you on Twitter. Let's talk about that whole entire story because, you know, you connecting with them and then just developing such a great relationship. All three of you has just been like incredible. Man, I am, I am so blessed to be working with the team that I'm working with. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. They, uh, they, they have been so influential in me coming to that understanding that you just have to roll with the punches, man. Things might not always be easy. There might be hurdles. Mm-hmm. We just keep moving. We, we, we keep pushing through it. So I, I really, I credit them, you know, for instilling that in me. But yeah, man. So I was, I was discovered. This guy didn't even work in the industry. His name is, is G Smith. Um, but, uh, a cat from Miami Twitter that were like 30 seconds to a minute long. And he DM me one day asking if it was cool, uh, for him to email, uh, my links out to different people that he knew in the, the industry. And I, uh, I gave him permission. Didn't really think much of it that that had happened to me before. 
but the the following October, my senior year of high school, in uh, it was October 2017. My uh, my now manager Evan Rogers calls me and tells me that those links ended up in his email inbox, mm. and then he went on to tell me who he was and, and what he had accomplished. And I was, man, I, I was ecstatic. My mom and I flew out to New York and, and met Evan and, and my other manager, Carl, and ended up signing a, a management contract with them like two months later. But, uh, you know, to, to really dive into what my what my managers have accomplished, discovered Rihanna um, in Barbados when she was 16 years old, um, moved her out to New York. She, she lived in his house, developed her, and, and then found records for her. Ponder Replay was a record that he found, recorded it at in his studio in, in New York. And next thing you know, she's, you know, she, she's with, with uh, Jay and uh, signed to, to Def Jam. And, and now she's one of the biggest artists in the world. But yeah, so Rihanna was with SRP, my manager's um, company, for the first seven albums. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's some history, folks, if you didn't already know that. <laughs> history yeah. in music and the, even the artist development that they've done with them uh, with done with Rihanna was incredible so doing the artist development for yourself with them and really honing into everything from your image and stuff like that because you you know because everything was a was a whole shift for you it was like wait a minute this is not the same Christian but it was like you were the same person but you were really truly yourself so going through artist right. development how was that you know, honestly, being able to really experience what that really is, and not just say, "Okay, cool, I'm 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 rolling with somebody else's, you know, image and how they want me to be." I'm really right. You know, we're really working in. Yeah, on this. man. Right. Um, I w- I would say that that as I mentioned earlier, that they um, you know, they will will never encourage me to be someone that I'm not. They they'll just give me wisdom that enhances. Um, who I already am as an artist, and actually, so the the change in image was, you know, that was that was my idea, and then my managers and the label just rode with it, man. I uh, it was it was just a, a, a progression, you know, me kind of coming into, you know, just the, the next the next phase for for my music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I felt like it it only made sense for me to switch up my image slightly, but even even musically, man, they they were so on board with me experimenting and writing new styles of, of music and, and trying out different ways of, of writing songs. Uh, they've been so supportive throughout this entire thing. And both of them, Evan and Carl, um, have had really successful songwriting careers. You know, writing songs like Shut Up and Drive for Rihanna or God Must Have Spent a, a Little More Time on You by NSYNC. But the list kind of goes on and on. But I've been in songwriting boot camp or, or songwriting college if you will hanging out with these two guys I'll right the songs that I'm, I'm working on you know they'll give me tips and and uh say all right you need, you should probably change this this rhyme scheme you know in the pre-chorus or that's a cool melody but i think you can beat it and it's really pushing me to be the best artist and songwriter that i can be man i was definitely going to ask you about your songwriting being the in-depthness because and then working with them and them having that experience and, you know, being writers themselves. Like that is a, that's yes. a crash boot camp. And then how, how long would you say it takes you to write actually a song? Do you, would you say it takes you some time or, you know, if you, if you got it, you got it. 
it, it varies. You know, there are some songs like When Love Don't Love You Back, that first single, I, I wrote that with, uh, with Evan. Man, that took us months to, to finalize. You know, we went through making it an up-tempo to slowing it down and, and, and um, decreasing the, the, the tempo uh, to, some, to something that's even slower than, you know, what it's at right now because, you know, it's, it's a mid-tempo what was actually released. But we uh, ended up, you know, going through different melody changes, um, different production styles. So sometimes, sometimes it, takes, it takes patience. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time and experimenting. Um, to get it right, but other times, you know, you'll have a song like Here Tonight, my, my last single that I, that I put out. That song took a few hours in the studio. So there, there are some nights when you are just exceptionally inspired and you can finish it, finish the song within you know, three, four hours, sometimes even even less. Yeah, and and that's incredible how you body it. You said something. You said inspired. So I wanted to talk about the musical influences that you have in these artists that inspire you. Marvin Gaye, Maxwell, D'Angelo, and even Prince are some of those artists that I can't even yeah. tell, going back to that whole ear thing, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Prince. Actually, Prince is like in my room. <laughs> like There's like magazines, wow. literally. That touches me when you talk about Prince um, and me having that love for Prince, especially when I was young. You know, we're talking about, you know, being young. Because we're, you, we're, we're, we're in our 20s. We, we out here, we know this music. And I think that, that when you right. really know music in the history of it, it really helps develop a lot of sound. A lot of artists don't realize that, you know, totally. that the, some of these songs that are even samples are samples and remakes right. and all that right. other good stuff. And how would you say, like, those artists really inspired um, a few of these records? When you think about, like, your track listing, like, which which particular artists inspire, like, a few of these songs that you have? Yeah, man. I, I think I, I tap into different influences for different songs. Um, vocally, however, I would not sing the way that I sing today had it not been for artists like Curtis Mayfield or artists like you know, Smokey Robinson, D'Angelo yeah. <laughs> Maxwell, Music Soul Child, Sly and the Family Stone. Like, I, it, had it not been for for those artists and my dad in introducing me, I I may sound like it's a totally different uh, how I do now. I actually, you know, I, I grew up loving Usher as well. Uh, Usher is right up there um, in my in my list of of uh, you know musical inspiration. Um, so I, I I tapped into some of my Usher influence. Yeah, Usher is such a is such a gem. And you know what the crazy thing is? I'm hearing it with creatives around our age giving yeah. Usher his flower. A lot of people wow. don't do that with Usher. But you are one right. that I have spoken to that has. Which album from Usher would you say stands out the most to you as far as like your favorite oh, project man. from him? 8701. Yes! Yes! For sure. All day. I mean, Confessions is obviously a classic, but for right. me, 87, 8701. 8701 has so many gems, and it's timeless. And yeah, Confessions is that, that album that everybody, if they didn't know who Usher was, they definitely knew who Usher was at that point. But just the iconicness right. in 8701 has its own standalone. It's almost like as iconic yeah. as, and some people might kill me for saying this, but I'm going to say it, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Right. I I, uh, I I totally agree. So, Bad Manners, that song, the, the the main single that you guys are going to be pushing. Let's talk about the uh, the concept about that because that's definitely one of my top three favorites from the project because it's 
I mean, it's a solid project with that one. It's like it, so I can understand why you guys are like, this is the next one that we're going to push. Yeah, man. That song is by far the the most experimental for me. Mm-hmm. And you can you can definitely hear some of the modern R&B slash, you know, trap influence and even you know, the cadence of, of the verses. And, and then I come in with some of that, you know, early 2000s Usher uh, type influence. Uh, in the the pre-chorus and in the chorus, but even even production-wise, that song w- was so experimental. That that outro, the vocoder outro, when, when we, I think that was just kind of the the icing on the cake, man. That we we listened to that song, um, and when I say we, I just mean everybody in the room, me, Ebenezer, yeah. and in uh, Glasshouse. We listened to that just back to back to back for the days to come. Like we would we would write other songs, we start other songs. And then just ask ourselves, like, did we really write bad manners? Like, did we did we really write a song um, of that caliber a few a few nights ago? And we would just blast it on the speakers, man. It was yeah. It was a surreal moment for for all of us. It, it was it was one of those times where it's like we walked out of the the studio just knowing that that was a special song. Listen, I completely understand because when I first hit play on the project, I was like, oh this right here track number one already and then i had to go back and listen to it literally i was like even before we got on the phone i was like let me go back it just has that sound it taps that early 2000s and that's that's such a timeless time in music that if you know what that music was you really locked in you didn't you didn't miss a beat in what the sound of music was whether it be the pop side of it it was the r&b side music was really good then and not saying music is horrible now but it was just something about that right, right. time, that decade, that is just so iconic. For sure, man. And I think what makes Bad Manners so special is that it marries that with, you know, modern sounds as well, modern production, modern cadences in the in, in the verse. So I'm, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to get it out there, bro. Yeah, I'm excited, too, because this project really is going to be an eye-opener for those who don't already know your music or, you know, people that are familiar and like, wait a minute, Christian dropped the what? Oh, snap, this is what I've been waiting for. Because it really <laughs> it really has strong delivery, the, the you know, the concepts, you know, ups and downs, love, hardship, pop, R&B, soul. Like, it just, this whole right. entire project covers it. So with that being said, when can we expect the live shows? Because this is something that we've got to see this spring, this summer, this fall, this upcoming winter, yeah. and we, we we've got to see it. Totally, man. We, you know, my, my team and I um, are in talks with my, my booking agent about booking a, a, a tour. Uh, but as of right now, you know, we're we're traveling around. I, I did a music festival this past weekend. You know, doing one-off shows. I have a college show coming up in in April. So a lot more live performances are, are, are coming um, and there will be a tour eventually which I will keep you posted on. Yeah definitely keep me posted on that and the preparation for your show what's that like do you take time out a couple of days before is it a few weeks is it already pre-planned or is it on the moment how's the that preparation for you? Yeah man I, I take I take my live shows very seriously especially the, the vocal aspect. I think that's what's most important to me, just making sure that I'm delivering a solid live vocal and also giving giving people, you know, 
a slightly different experience than what they're hearing on the record. Slightly different experience than when they're listening to the record, rather. I don't want them to come and just feel like they're they're listening to, or they're just press, pressing play and listening to the songs, um, which is something they, they could have done at home. I want to give them something that, that they'll remember, that, that they'll you know take, take home with them. So for me, I, I put a lot of time and energy into um, making sure the vocal delivery in live shows is is right. And then also we're we're working on choreographing the show as well. I, I didn't I didn't do any you know pre pre planned uh, choreography in the the festival show uh, this past weekend, but. I um I love to dance, man. I, I I've been dancing since I was five years old. My, me and my parents would put me in the front of um, put me in the front of the living room whenever we would have family gatherings, and uh, and just tell me to dance. They'd throw on Michael Jackson and, and and have me perform. But my dad was a hip hop dancer in high school, right? Um, so he I, I grew up with him, you know, teaching me different moves. And be, him being a physical therapist that would go to, uh, you know, to different um, home health patients and, and, and do physical therapy uh, at people's homes. Sometimes I would I would go with him and uh, and he'd be like, Christian, dance for him. Show him what I taught you. Um, so, I mean, I remember that like it was yesterday. But with that being said, that's that's always, you know, been a, a love and a passion of mine right along with playing instruments. So I, I definitely want to include that in my show. Yeah, you got to. Bring it all, because that's exactly what people want to see. You know, they want to see, they want to see the dance. They want to see that, and people respect when you bring all of that of what they know you from. You know, that that's an amazing thing that you said. So I can appreciate that. I'm looking forward to seeing. That's it. Will you do any covers, or just keep it all original? I'll definitely throw in some covers, and I think in these one-off shows, I'll kind of, you know, I'll feel it out before I decide what cover it'll be. So, for instance, I was performing in front of a, a crowd of people who I knew were lovers of alternative music. I grew up with my, my older brother being in a Weezer cover band. So I, I'm, I'm super familiar with, with Weezer uh, bands like Pearl Jam um, and even some like, you know, some, some uh, pop punk stuff like, you know, early fallout boy or like my chemical romance. Like I, I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, with some of that stuff and, and yeah. have an appreciation for it. So you I decided to, to take talking about the 2000s. Yeah, decided, <laughs> yeah, man, I decided to, to take one of my favorite Weezer songs, say it ain't so, and do a, a, a soul R and B version of it Ooh. at the show. So I would, I gave I gave the audience a song that they were familiar with, but in, in, but interpreted it in a in a different way. That's going to be amazing to hear. I can't wait. So you definitely have to keep me posted on the dates. Where's the Where's the show in April? You know, I'm I'm actually not too sure yet. I um I'll let you know though. Yeah, because I definitely might have to um, check out a show early. Yeah, man, that that would be awesome. For sure. Well, Christian, thank you so much for this interview. Definitely great chatting with you about the project, your journey and everything. Man, this was a this was a good, good conversation. Thanks so much today, you know, for joining us. I appreciate it, man. Thank you again for uh, for taking the time to uh, to do this, man. It, it it really means the world to me. No doubt. Listen, I love discovering new talent and, you know, making sure that, you know, we have that on on the show versus, you know, always having the the big names and all the familiar faces you get to guess what? If you don't, you know, discover new talent, how is everybody else going to hear about it? Especially when it's good music. Right. Absolutely, man. And I'm, I'm thankful that there are platforms, you know, like, like you guys who are giving new artists the opportunity to be heard by, uh, 
all of your listeners, man. It it, it uh it's really a an amazing thing. Thanks so much. We appreciate that. So now, before we have you go, tell everybody where they can um follow you as far as social media is concerned and where, you know, they can check out the videos. Well, you know, I think I already told them that, but you can give them the exact YouTube right. channel because clearly I didn't forget that I said that. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure, for sure. So you can you can follow me on uh, on Instagram at this is Christian Paul. You can follow me on Twitter at this is C Paul. If you have TikTok, <laughs> you can follow me on TikTok at this is Christian Paul. And then you can find me on YouTube just by typing in the search bar, Christian Paul. Exactly. And make sure you guys, you know, get the brand new project, the self-titled EP on March 20th. Make sure you download, stream it, look out for the uh, Bad Manners music video that's coming out too, because like Christian said, it's going to be freaking dope. What's up, guys? It's Christian Paul, and you're checking out my boy, David Dwayne. I made promises, I follow through I got a lot of love, give it all to you Now I'm telling lies, only tell the truth So you don't need to fight anymore If I'll be getting honest, so we can be rushing I'm done with the fussing, let's take time for us And no, it could be beautiful Do it up.
situations that, you know, we go through at the early 20s. I love that. So what what sparked the initial inspiration to come up with the concept for this project for you? Man, I started writing around like June of 2018, I believe. And like, with that, like my first song, the first eight songs I've ever written in my life are all on that project. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't intend on it being an eight song EP. I intended on it being uh, four songs. I just, I made Henny and I made Scotty in 20s. And when I made 20s, it kind of like, I don't know, it just clicked a bit more. I was walking down the street and I saw a really busted ass like yearbook on the side of the road. And I was oh, like, wow. yo, thing. And then from there, like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna keep that in the back of my head. Went back home, saw like the old ass, like Brady Bunch commercial. And I was like, yo, mm. this is giving me like, I don't know. I, I come from a- So those a, concepts a, were coming like, to you. They were, bro, they were like, it was just very divine, like how everything was happening. And so the last, the last, what, five songs I made in a span of two months, I think. And I, I put them out. Like, I, re I announced the project release date before it was even done. Like, it was just, I don't know. I, I, I just, like, I really relate it back to my 20s or something that I think I learned a lot about not only me, but, like, my race or what I like, who I relate to. Um, I went to a primarily white college, so mm -hmm. I, I just experienced a lot, bro. A lot of like social issues that I didn't know of. That I just it's just growing pain, you know. Right. Um. So that's pretty much the the overall basis of the project. Wow, that's incredible. Wait, you're not in your twenties? You look like you look like you're in your twenties, like me. <laughs> no, I, I I'm 23. I'm 23. I, I was about to say, was about to say, hold up. <laughs> like don't. I was about to say, no, no, don't yeah, scare yeah. me. <laughs> I turned 23 at the top of this year, yeah. Hey, happy belated, happy belated. So, no, I, I, I think it's great. And what did you, for for those who aren't too familiar, what did you actually, um, what did you go to college for? What did you study? So I went to, I studied commercial voice. So I studied, uh, I didn't really sing in high school. And when I got into college, it was like, I don't know, something struck. Like, I started singing right out of high school based off of, like, um, it was just a coping mechanism. It was mm. it was a lot of depression, a lot of like dark shit. And I started singing and it turned from like a hobby to like a real, like this is just something that is getting me through the day and something I love. So I started studying like Kirk Franklin. I started studying SOS, Gap Bands, the, the people I grew up with, you know, the, the O'Neills, the Marios, the, you know, all of them. Yes. And, um, I went to my professors in college and just started to learn how to like break down the courting structures, how to do all that. And I knew I, I wanted to make music eventually that kind of blends the two, like has these really kind of obscure keys from like the eighties and the nineties, like R and B music mixed uh -huh. with like, hard ass trap 808s and trap hi hat, you know, like I just yes. blend the two worlds. So, um, but yeah, I went there, I went there for a uh, commercial voice. That's a, that's incredible. And did you ever want to? Are you ever going to pursue like doing things more in that in that lane, or do you think maybe just kind of sticking with the music for now? No, the music for sure. Like my my whole um, my whole major. It's it's called commercial voice, but it's mainly it's mainly just vocal performance. And, oh, okay, uh, okay, gotcha. So, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking weird, acting a, for some weird reason. Nah, nah, nah. It's a weird name for it. No, yeah. But it's, it's, it's just vocal performance. And so you learn, like, your jazz standards. You learn 
how to control your voice, how to take care of it, how to sing on tour, like things like that. So right. um, really kind of shaped me to where I am right now. That's incredible. And I'm glad that you you talked about performance because you've been performing a lot recently with um this project. And the I have, I have. And the reaction that you get from your fans is really incredible. And they're and they're loving it. You got and you've got a, a mixture of a fan base that really is tapped in with your voice because you got you got a you got a voice that's like ahead of its time, I've got to say, which is always an amazing thing. And get, and seeing that reaction to no doubt from the performance uh, aspect, how does that feel to, you know, just kind of get that love and, you know, that, that feeling that they get? Cause I know they'd be rocking. I don't think I could ever get used to it. Like I, I came from the growing up in a black church, even not singing, but just like, experiencing it you right. get the the old the old ladies that are like yo sing like you you mm-hmm. know that's like common you're like yo if you get up there and you touch that mic you better wear it out and like i don't know like i it's it's so fun and i i can i can never get used to actually seeing people know my songs and and sing and uh, i appreciate them reacting to to the runs and the high notes and the philip bailey you know like just the the, the crazy stuff like I I don't know it's the it's the weirdest feeling I can't really describe but um, I've been very grateful for uh, the the love I've gotten so far on my live shows and stuff. Yeah, because you really take your time with that preparation. I can tell. Like this is like you you're obviously you know you're you're trained and you you know you went to college for it, but you really craft your show very well how much preparation time um is it for you to you know put that show list together and say boom this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it um it it every show gets better so it doesn't start out like that um i think i am surrounded by incredible all my homies are all like piano majors or drum majors or horn majors or bass majors so like they're all so incredible at the style and i think it takes me to a good little bit of rehearsing to make sure like the band hits are right. The, I, you know, I'm, I co-MD and, and mainly MD most of my shit. So like I'm making sure the chords are right, making sure this is right. That's right. You know, I'm just, I like to be very hands-on. I did a show. My very first show was last summer um, at Exit In here. And uh, it was my very first show ever, and it sold out, which is crazy. It was like 500 cap, but for there, like I had it, I had it the lighting, I had it the the sound, I had it the fog machine. So like, like I like to be hands on, bro. I'm very detail oriented. It's a lot though. It's a it's a lot, but there's no backup plan. This is like plan A through Z. So like, <laughs> is this a homeless? You know. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the type of energy that you have to give to your craft. And a lot of people don't understand if you don't take control, especially going from a space where, you know, you were indie at one time and then being, you know, signed to a major and stuff like that, you know, that you still gotta keep the same consistent energy. And I love the fact that you're you've been doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's incredible. So let's talk about one of my favorite records from the project, Sweet. I just love instrumentationally like how you know the record opens up for those who haven't heard it you guys need to check it out so make sure you're downloading it right now so when you're done listening to the interview you can you know you can tap into what we're talking about but that record is really dope tell them about uh the concept behind it so 
that was the one record. So all of the songs I've written at the piano and I, I made the project with uh, one of my best friends. He's like family now, Caleb. And we, he sent me this rough ass bounce of this idea he had at 4am. And he was like, yo, this is probably trash, but I can't sleep. So I work I was, you know, I made this, whatever. Bro, I heard it at 4.25, and I think I was at mm. the house by 5 a.m. Oh, wow. And cut it, like, that morning. So it, it was, was that like, quick. I heard it, and on, on the spot, we were like, yo, like, most of that's, like, one of the first ever moments I've, like, freestyled, and I was like, yo, I want some, I don't know, I like the, it, it's a little Anderson Pack. It's a little jazzy. It's a little, Very. like, coast. Like, it's, it's right in the like, pocket. It's right in the pocket, and I went to one of my really close homies who was Landon, and Landon spits, and he's someone that was like, yo, if I go to you, Landon, deliver this verse, and I, that was the first thing he delivered back in a day, and I was like, yo, like, I don't know, it's just, it's one of those songs that really embody the project, is it, it kind of, all my music is a bit cinematic, it has this cinematic undertone, and it is a bit extra, it's a bit, you know, more than more than what you want. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like, that's what I really love is that sweet spot. That's what gospel music is. It's always more than you want. Yeah. It's always like, yo, if you think you're done with the song, repeat the chorus. Like, that's what I grew up on. So um, with sweet, that was, that's a special one that kind of, uh, it kind of came so fast, but um, it's all, that's why I think it's the top of the, top of the project. It just kind of sets the tone for everything else. Yeah, definitely a great tone setter. And I know a, a lot of people want to know, are you doing a video for that song? We I we have a a few visuals lined up. Um hmm. that's the that's the with me and Warner, we're really trying to make sure we tell the narrative to the fullest of the extent. And I've been working Absolutely. on music since last June, but like we really want to make sure we do our due diligence and really kind of tell the story and visuals are the one aspect that no one's really seen yet for me. Uh, so I am very dope. They're one of the most important parts of an artist too. So yeah. Um, Can you say that again for them? Cause they need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> visuals are important. Yeah, they are, bro. They will, they will change your, they'll make a song corny or they'll make it one of your favorite songs ever. And I think there's pioneers that I really look up to in the visual aspect. And so I'm excited to really challenge myself. Warner's pushing me, which is good because we're, we're trying to make money, you know? Exactly. <laughs> we're hey. trying to do it, though. Like, we're, we're excited. So it's we have a couple of uh, some visuals coming out, videos. We, we're pushing back a little bit because all that was happening during this quarantine season. But just more time to make new music. So trying to see the trying to see the light in it. Yeah, that's amazing that you're seeing it lighted. And, and let's talk about working with Warner Brothers. Congratulations on signing with them and, and you know, that partnership, because that is a that's a big deal. And they really are, Thank you. you know, supporting your music. And I love the fact that you said that you guys are really, you know, making sure that the visual aspect is being narrated correctly, you know, before exactly putting it out there. That's, that's important. A lot of artists don't understand that. Like you said, you got to have your visuals. And even on your social media, you have co- great content, which let me also compliment too. But taking the Thank time, you. you're welcome to put in to take the time to actually say, "Hey, let's not let's not give everything so much." They're tapping into the music, and, and you know we're doing everything that we need to be doing. But let's hold on to it because it's it's so important to do that versus giving everybody everything so 
so much and having such a unique role. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it's so, it's very interesting being and an, like someone that went from, you know, I was serving tables to like being signed. And I think there's so much work to do still. Like it's, but I, it's very, I'm very blessed to be with a, a credible team that like they have shown love for me wanting to push this music that isn't exactly, you know, uh, radio standards. Like they, they're pushing me to deliver this. I think that's the beauty of this Warner team that has now formed and yeah. this newer Warner team is that they're all about the, the future of, of music and about taking the baton from the older people. And I think like with rollouts, I really want to make sure that like what I deliver to people isn't half-assed. Like it's yeah. always popping myself. The mixes are better. The, the artwork is better. Everything, like if anything is less than what I put out, bro, like <laughs> I shouldn't be signed, you know? So true. Um, the rollout, the rollout has been very interesting, but um, this summer and this fall are going to be crazy. So I'm excited. Oh, that's dope. So now are you planning on dropping some more singles or videos? Like what is the, what's the next thing that we can look out for? Cause I know you got the performances. Uh, I want to too much. I want to get too much. Look, look out for new music is coming. Uh, look out for visuals are coming. I'm, I want to, finish up the the narrative of 20s and really move on i'm a very conceptual artist and things being in stories and i think like i really want to finish the narrative to the fullest of extent my my albums are always going to be like books and Mm -hmm. i want to have the book you have the the sequel the prequel like all of that and i really want to close the chapter and move on to the next but um visuals new music coming uh very soon uh which is exciting and yeah more shows live shows festival seasons in the fall now apparently but um so that's gonna be fun too but yeah just a lot of new shit man i'm excited for you and i see you got a couple of dates uh festival wise so congratulations on that because your because mu- your music fits right in in that space especially the roots picnic thank you thank what you. That's, crazy. That's, <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. I'm excited. That that's gonna be that's gonna be a crazy one. So I'm stoked for that. You gotta be. And I also wanted to ask you, um and so aesthetically, as far as you know, keeping things conceptual, was that something that was always easy for you to kind of envision for yourself? Because I'm a very conceptual person. I don't I don't do things that yeah. conceptually make sense whether I'm I'm writing something or I'm doing something on social media because it has to tell a story. It has to line up. So has that always been something that was easy for you to be able to narrate or did you kind of have to learn along the way? No, uh, it definitely is difficult. I'm still learning. I, uh, I cross these spectrums where I've noticed that everyone in LA grows up on aesthetics. Mm-hmm. They grow up on making sure the fits are right. The look is right. The, the brand is right and stuff. Here in Nashville, we kind of grow up on making sure, you know, the chords are right, the music, mm, yep. the songwriting, like everything. And not saying LA doesn't have that, but, you know, it's just two totally different worlds. You don't see... Yeah, it's a bigger focus in Nashville. Yeah, you don't see the, the crazy hair colors and the crazy branding and the Gucci down and the models. and stuff. That's not in Nashville. So like, I, I commend artists. Uh, and Klein, like, uh, of Laney, like, 1970s, like, artists like that, I really commend because their branding's so good, and that's something that 
I've had to kind of catch up with. So it's been, it's taken some work. It's taken some sitting down and really finding what works, what looks good on my body clothing wise, what looks good on Instagram. Like what, you know, like it's really taken some work, but I look up to a lot of the creative directors, the, and the artists, like you have the Solanges, you have the Catronados, like artists like that. I really look up to as far as aesthetics. Um, but it's not easy. I'm still learning. <laughs> We're still, we have sit down conversations every week with my team trying to, you know, make sure artworks and everything line up with this brand and, and making sure that it's easy for people to digest. Um, I hate when, uh, an artist makes it difficult for the listener to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that, that's something that I really want to make sure, even if it's an elevated concept, I want to make sure the listener gets it in the first, the first 10 seconds. Um, right. So not overthink, but it's hard being from Nashville, but I've been spending a lot of time in LA learning from the cats out there and, um, and applying my twist on it. Yeah. Yeah, and how would you say applying your twist to, you know, what you know from being from Nashville and how you guys are really about the structure of music from top to bottom and then bringing that L.A. to it? How's that been? It's been a little difficult, but I think it's like the, the what I love about Nashville is the easiness of it. And that's yeah. something that I always want to apply as an artist. Like, I want to... I relate to a lot of different neighborhoods and, uh, and cultures. And I want to make sure that like, I still feel obtainable and I feel reachable. And, you know, I, I'm only 23. I'm so young in the industry. And I think like outside of the industry, we see like, Oh my God, that's so old because we look at, you know, incredible cats like her and, and Khalid and all of them, but like 23 is young. And I think, being in this generation of youth, like we can pretty much like we, we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think like, I'm just learning how to, when you come to the South, you feel at home. And I want to apply that to, you know, on a global scale. Like I want to feel like that. I don't want to be a household name. Like I want to feel like a household character. Does that make sense? No, like, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there, there's rare, there's very few artists that feel like you feel like you grew up with them, like they're a part of you. And I think like that's something that I really want to hone in on is when you had like the old old Bobby Browns, you had the old Earth, Wind and Fires, the, yes. the Princes, all of it. They feel you could feel how how genuine it was, and that's what I really want to kind of hone in on, regardless of what my aesthetic is. So it's been it's been fun blending the two, but that's that's what I take from Nashville anywhere I go. Yeah, gotta always keep home there, especially coming from Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> that's the incredible. Like I tell people all the time, always. don't don't sleep on the market that Nashville has as far as music is concerned. Some people look at me like, what, David? What are you saying? I'm like, listen, <laughs> and I even saw not real. I even saw artists that I, I work with, so that's like you you gotta do a show in Nashville. They 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 want you. They wanna see R and B. They wanna see uh pop. They wanna see hip hop. Nashville wants yeah. to see you. And that the market's so empty and there's a, I have some incredible friends there in it, but like there's there could be so much more and I think Nashville wants it. It's just that kind of people overlook it and go straight down to Atlanta and I'm like, yo, <laughs> Nashville's where it's at, bro, I'm telling you. Mm-mm. I'm so tired of Atlanta. <laughs> I love it, but I'm just like, no, Atlanta, no, no, no. 
Can we get somewhere else? <laughs> I feel, I feel. Well, Brent, thank you so much for this interview. Definitely appreciate chatting with you. This was a a ball. This didn't even really feel like an interview at all. This was like a whole conversation. Definitely appreciate you, man. Bro, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Much love to y'all, the whole team. I, I, I love y'all. Thank you. Anytime. So before we let you go, tell people where they can follow you as far as social media is concerned and where they can download and stream the new project. Yeah. Uh, Spotify, any any music platform, Brinjoy, B-R-E-N-J-O-Y. Um, Instagram's Brinjoy. Everywhere else is Brinjoy, two N's, E-N at the end. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I don't know, follow me, show me love, sing my music, I don't know. <laughs> Hit me up. Period. Make sure you follow him, stream the music, and uh, all that other good stuff, and, and keep your eyes out, because he's on the rise, for real. <laughs> Period, period. <laughs> sure. Yo, 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 it's Bryn Joy. Checking out your boy, David Dwayne. I got you going so far, keep running away from me. You says you know who you are, you keep it so sweet. Are you recording? All right. Okay, welcome to your 2020, Shoot that I'm whipping over you. And 
Yeah. I've never seen the fence of a liar. I have never seen a body burning in a fire. My teacher told me that because I'm black and minor. Though I know I do drive, I will never be the driver, baby. Now I'm tripping me in the Hamptons. Baby, being bougie with you, pain up in Wisconsin. Throw the fire in a pants and then I reapplied her. Now the flame will forever be lit up in designer, baby. Yeah. 
Hey, what's up? This is Brandy, and you are now tuned in with D. All right, guys, that was Bridget Kelly. I'm just playing, and yes, 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 you have to tune back into On Air with the one and only rock on the Mike Davis and Wayne in the place to be. My Fair Swings Radio, yes, yes, yes. I want to shout out to y'all who are listening live and stuff like that, or on the archives, whatever we're doing here tonight on this amazing Thursday. And I'm actually on IG Live as I'm talking. So shout out to everybody who's watching me on IG Live as I'm multitasking. Yes, yes, that was our... Christian Paul interview, and that was our D. Uh, actually, love to get into this D. Munoz interview. So make sure that you guys are pumped, ready, and excited because D is doing his thing. But we had our, we did our Christian Paul interview, which you guys just heard as well too. So you guys heard Christian Paul, and then you guys heard um, our Brent Joy interview. So listen, it is quite amazing. I keep dropping this damn phone on Instagram as I do this live thing, but that's okay because guess what? We doing the damn thing. We multitasking. So, like I said, I hope everybody is having an amazing night. And I know these times are absolutely crazy. So, hopefully, you know, this content that we are providing can, you know, just give you guys just that sense of, you know, healing and, you know, just kind of take your mind away from all the crazy things that we are going through in the world today, right now, and all that other crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? Um... Yeah, because we, we in some times, y'all. We in some times, y'all. So make sure you check on the ones that you love and that you actually love the ones that you say that you love and not just be telling them just a little riddle and diddle. Yeah, on period. So, um, 
you know, I'm excited. I'm really excited that um, you guys are getting ready to hear this uh, Dean Munoz interview. I'm glad that you guys are tuned in. I'm really excited to just be back and just be back in a space where I can, you know, really produce content and produce effortless amounts of content. So this is quite amazing that um, we're doing this. And for those who are brand new checking out the show, we do this every Wednesday, 10 to 12 is just saying it's time. And then if you're on the West Coast, that's time for you is a 7 to 10 Pacific time, just like that. And we do these IG lives as well, still on my page on at David Dwayne. So make sure that if you guys are not following, follow, 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 because you never know who's going to be on my Instagram live. And I'm actually on Instagram live, like I said, and I know people are probably thinking, like, why is David looking at us talking as he is doing his show live? But guess what? I need to be directing my energy to somebody so I'm not feeling like I'm talking to myself. So, you know, all positive vibes, all positive vibes. And I am trying to get this, trying to get these jams going for you kids. So, listen, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, All Girls Matter, Algie Smith. And then we're going to get into uh, this Dean Munoz interview. I hope that you are really enjoying the content. Because, listen, I think that I'm the content king. Can't nobody stop me when it comes to this shit. And uh, we're just going to keep doing this forever and ever and ever and ever. And that's on period, all right? On air with David Dwayne. Let's get it.
What's up, y'all? This is D Munoz, and you're checking out my boy, David Dwayne. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning back in to On Air with the one and only Rockstar, the Mike David Dwayne, in the place to be. And right here and right now, we've got our boy, pop and R&B singer, D Munoz, on with us. Listen, guys, if you don't know who D is, guess what? D just dropped his brand new EP called Moments, featuring his latest singles, Drink, Comfort, and Type of Love. And guess what? You guys can also check out those videos on YouTube right now. And guess what? D is also getting ready to go on tour next week with Allie Brooke. And he's joining with us. What's going on, D? What's up, what's up, what's up? How's everybody feeling? Listen, we're feeling good and especially feeling great to, you know, have you on the show because, I mean, man, you have been making serious moves over the last, you know, couple of years. So I want to say congratulations because all your moves have been big, you know, big moves Thank from, you. you know, really utilizing your social media and really pushing your talent and then, you know, getting with your management team and then signing to Epic. Like, everything has just been going, like, pretty quick and dope for you, I would say. It's been a journey. Yeah, it's been falling in place, you know. Sometimes I find myself being impatient more than it's actually, but I'm, I'm starting to love the process. Exactly. And what's kept you um, kept you grounded and kept you patient, you know, as you know, the, the, with the process and everything? Uh, what's kept me what's kept me patient is my team, for sure. Shayna, of course, she's always making fun of me, keeping me grounded, telling me, you know, that's a marathon. Wayno, uh, also in my ear, just keeping me keeping me grounded and everything. And yeah, just my team, my family, my friends, and everybody on the label. Honestly, like, I had to go to the label and ask them for advice. So it's been it's been cool. I got some good people around me. Absolutely, and that's amazing. And um, you grew up in you're from New Jersey, and being in a single parent household, having that family dynamic, how has that been always for you to you know just kind of be so close to your family, you know, as you you know go along in this business, and honestly learn the business too as you you know reach higher peaks. Uh, it kept me close to family and helped me learn because I feel like I had to grow up faster. You know, mm. growing up with a single mom, that means you got to be the man of the house at a certain certain age. So you know, just maturing faster and yeah, just the family around me pushing me to to work for what I want and make sure that I chase my dreams and my mom being in my ear supporting me a hundred percent. My brother and my brother basically built you know what we had before we went to the label together. So. Yeah, just having them around me has helped a lot. For sure, D. And I think it's actually amazing because even with you and your brother, like the dynamic that you guys have and him supporting you as far as putting the visuals together and you guys making sure that, you know, these videos for, you know, your songs are amazing and then the videos for your covers are like absolutely A1. Like you guys really have teamed up and done something amazing. The quality has stayed so consistent. So keeping consistency um, from being independent and being signed with a major how has that been? Because I know that sometimes can be very difficult. Some people don't understand that your quality of your art has to be A1 all the time. But you've kept that yeah. same consistency going. And I can definitely love and respect that a lot. Yeah, we were big on that. Um, like, I didn't put out my first video till I was 18. I had started music when I was 15. But we were just big on quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure the content, everything was good. We were very big on that. So even with my first visual, like we could have went to, you know, a more affordable, affordable uh, place. But we just said, now nah, we're going to save up for a year and we're going to put it towards a music video. That's exactly what we did. And then we just kept it consistent from there, you know, with keeping a certain type of image for my brand. Right. And I know that speaking of image, image was something that, you know, did sh- your image did change as you progressed 
was that something that was very difficult for you to just kind of fit into your own style as far as like wardrobe was was concerned and then genre wise because you went from you know doing more so R&B to now pop which is honestly I feel like it works for you because you can really get diverse you can add this the Spanish flavor to it you know you can still be soulful as well too uh, it wasn't, wasn't really hard I feel like even with my pop stuff I still bring my R&B my R&B sound to it um, and we still I still do R&B you know here and there it's just like a mixture now so it hasn't really been hard and then image wise, I'm just I'm just who I am. You know, that's never really changed. I guess, you know, I just started putting together better outfits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't we all once we get older from going from, you know, yeah. fifteen, then to eighteen and then once we reach our twenties it's like our outfit starts to look better. It's like he actually took time to color coordinate. It wasn't like brown and gray and orange yeah. going on. Even though, you know, those colors could work. I respect those that are, you know, bold in that um, color scheme. Yeah. But once you start putting no, it all yeah. together as you get older, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel like it's all coming together really, really well now. You know, everything. Yeah, especially with this, um, the single drink. Like, it's really yep. coming together. You, I mean, the streams online, it's just freaking phenomenal with this record. And, you know, this is really upbeat for this record. What yeah. was the, you know, the approach of it? Because a lot of people aren't really catching on the fact that you're not actually talking about um, you drinking. A girl is making, is trying to make you drink. Um, <laughs> Why, well, you're the first person. You're the first person to get on to that. Listen, yeah. real recognized, real music. Yeah. So the approach, so basically uh, my friend Connor, my friend Connor produced it, Riley Castle and Toby co-wrote it. So Connor and Riley, they're like about 25. They've never drinking before. So, oh, wow. And I'm, and I'm not of age to drink. So we came up with this idea of, you know, let's make a record of a girl trying to make us drink. You know, I feel like nobody really talks about that. It's usually the guy trying to get us to drink. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the idea of the record. And a lot of people don't get it on the first try. But as soon as I explain it to them, they're like, oh, okay. And I got you now. Right. And what was so um, symbolic to kind of switch the narrative around? Because like you said, a lot of times it's the male trying to get the woman to drink type of thing. But what made you kind of go in a different direction? Uh, just personal experience with Connor and uh, Riley. Them guys never drinking. I think Riley actually experienced the moment where a girl actually was trying to make him drink at a bar somewhere. So yeah, just their personal experience helped bring bring the idea together. Wow. Yeah, personal experience definitely helps. And would you say with yeah. your writing, I've heard with this project, it's been a little bit more personal for the writing side for you, right? Yeah, yeah, on, on a couple, on certain records, yeah. So what was that energy that you really had to tap into to kind of get a little bit more personal with this EP versus the uh, the first project that you dropped? I think it was more so the same with when it comes to the whole tapping in, but I think I just grew more lyrically and vocally, so I was it was easier for me to get the message across, and I was able to dig deeper. And then with this project, you know, I was going through I was going through a couple of things in the in the mix of of making it, so that that helped more. But definitely just the experience that I was I was going through, all the sessions that were making me better with my writing and singing and bringing an idea to life. I feel like it was the same thing with both projects. I just got better. Right. I love comfort. It's definitely like yeah, yeah. That's top, one of the that's, that's one, one of the top three on there, especially in that track three. Top three favorite in that track three. It, that's something else right there. <laughs> I just noticed. I just said that, and um, that seems to be really getting a great response from the fans. Uh, with that record, yeah. What was they, the um for those who, who haven't heard um 
heard it, you know, kind of walk them through uh, that record too. So basically, Comfort is like my breakup song. Me breaking up with a, a young lady. Um, basically, I'm telling her, you know, I've been treating you wrong for a long time. I've been holding on to you because I'm scared to be alone. But, you know, now it's time that I man up and I just can't hold on to you for comfort. So, you know, I'm just breaking down to her why, why I'm, you know, and how it's going to hurt me to leave you and stuff. So, yeah, that was, that was very personal, personal joint right there. Right. And have you gone through that yet or were you just kind of writing from, you know, somebody else? No, yeah, that was a little, that was literally something I was going to. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I went into the studio. They asked me, hey, are you, like, the thing when I go into the studio with other writers, they ask me, all right, how are you feeling? What are you going through? Is there anything you want to talk about? So as soon as I came in, I knew exactly what it, what I wanted to speak about. I knew exactly what type of vibe I wanted to be on. So, you know, we got in, I told them how, what I was going through, and we just made magic. That's amazing. And touching on vulnerability with, you know, your style of music mixed fusing pop and R&B and diving personal, do you feel like it's a, it's a safe space in music for men to do that now? Or do you kind of feel like men are now really shying away? Because we're, we're getting a little bit of mixture when it comes to, like, music nowadays. You know, we don't know if the guy wants to be vulnerable or if he wants to be hard. It's like a, it's a little bit of confusion, I would say. Yeah, I feel like vulnerability is a big thing, you know, that might have slowly drifted away, but I feel like it's it's there with certain artists, you know, like you got you got a black, you got the Tory Lanes of the world, the Eric Bellingers, you know, who still make that type of R and B music. Um, but I feel like vulnerability is a big thing and I feel like people definitely miss that that type of music. So when it comes to me, I've always been vulnerable in my music. I feel like, you know, people connect better when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's nothing better than touching people with your lyrics and everything. So, yeah, I love vulnerability. Exactly. And touching vulnerability with your lyrics, your fans are very supportive. And they, you know, get to see you come and go on tour with Allie Brooke in a couple of days. Yeah. So, you know, getting ready for that tour, what's the um, the preparation for, like, you know, just a show, a tour, you know, just the whole experience with you? Oh, well, I got back in the gym because I'll be taking my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, getting back in the gym, doing some cardio. I've been, I've been doing a little bit of boxing in the gym so I could get my breathing up. Uh, I have vocal rehearsals coming up. I got rehearsals with, you know, do a little bit of choreography and everything. But just that type of stuff. And then mentally, I think, you know, keeping a clear mind and just being excited for what's, what's to come. Yeah, that's amazing. And how important is fitness for preparing for a show? I think a lot of people think that you can just go out there, do one show, maybe do two, maybe do five, and not really, you know, prepare properly as far as your vocals are concerned and, you know, that you're, you know, physically fit for it. Yeah, I think it's very important because there's been times where I haven't, honestly, recently it happened to me, we were doing a couple shows in uh, Florida, and prior to going down there, I hadn't really sung in like a week. You know, I wasn't rehearsing, I wasn't doing anything. So when we did the first show, I could feel that I didn't have my breath, my breathing, and, you know, that I wasn't 100% there, so I feel like, you know, preparing is very important, especially when you're going on tour and you have a bunch of dates. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you got to give the fans a show. You know, mm-hmm. paying to see you, paying to see you perform and everything. So I feel like you got to prepare. You got you to gotta be 100% so you can give them what they want to see. Exactly. And being 100%, I know you've headlined shows before yourself, especially yeah. being from the tri-state area. What um experience will you be taking from, you know, your headline experience to, you know, opening for Alley for this tour? 
I'll just be taking, you know, what I usually do, just being myself, interacting, singing to, to uh, like, point, picking people out of the crowd and just doing doing all that stuff and being myself, you know? I look at it like a show is a show, headliner mm-hmm. or not. So, you know, I'm going to treat me being the opener as me being the headliner, you know, and I'm going to just go out there and do, do what I got to do and give it my all. Exactly. And that's what you got to do, you know, just kind of give it your all and give that focus because that's what, you know, the fans want to see consistency and and you've been bringing that so I want to also talk about social media a little bit more and just being able to connect with your fans I popped in where you you know you go you talk to your fans on lives and just keeping them up to date how important um is that because a lot of you know I would say creatives our age and, and a little bit older don't understand that using social media is very important so they might post an update and they're like, okay, forget about it. But you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're really consistent with that. You even know your fans' names. Um, you've met them multiple times. So how important is it to keep that, um, that consistency and stay in touch with them? I think it's very important because, you know, you're, you're building a fan base. And to build a fan base, you have to connect. Um, I've always said, like, I've seen people go on my lives and they say, oh, you know, when you get bigger – you're going to stop talking to us. And I'm like, I mean, the point of going live is to talk to y'all. Like when I see people go live and they just, they're literally sitting in front of the phone, but they're not talking to nobody. They're looking at the comments. They're not talking to nobody. I just find it very pointless. Right. And, um, I look at going live as a way to connect. That's an easy way to just say, all right, let me just talk to a couple of people, see how they feeling, you know, and yada, yada. And, you know, people really appreciate that, you know, and it goes a long way, even if like you feel like it doesn't, that's what makes the fans connect. That's what makes them really want to go 100% for you. And, yeah, I just feel like connecting is a big, big important thing when it comes to building a fan base, a hardcore fan base, because that's what's going to that's what's gonna make you win in your career. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's very important getting on social media and talking to your, talking to your supporters. Yeah, it's definitely important because even if you want to, in order to keep your fans, too, you know. like Exactly, they, that's what keeps them, you know. Because if you don't interact, yeah. they'd be like, oh, this person hasn't gone live with us. They have totally disregarded like us, like we don't exist. Because people see the shift. I, I work with artists, and I see where they've gone from interaction to no interaction to actually not posting at all. And I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How are we going to keep this brand going and, you know, get and keep people interested into what the music is? Especially if you've been, you know, such this guy or girl that they love. You know, personality is everything, yeah. I'd say. And um, you definitely have that. And that's what your fans love about you the most. And I think that's what <laughs> is going to, you know, definitely help you and keep you going further with, um, you know, life and stuff like that in your career. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So now signing with Epic, how has that experience been? For those who don't know how the whole story came about, you know, kind of tell them what happened because I think it's really dope. The way I got with Epic, we got to backtrack a little bit. <clears throat> I met my manager on Walmart. So one day I'm strolling through Walmart. I see, see a, I see my manager. I know who he is because he was managing somebody that I was a fan of at the time. So I go up to him. I introduce myself. And I asked him if I could send him some music. Um, he says, yeah, he gives music. And I sent him some records. I don't hear back from him. Huh? <laughs> but he follows yeah, He follows me on Instagram. So I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm, I won't. I won't let it slow me down. I just continue to do what I'm doing, putting out records. I was on my way to put out my first music video. So a year passed. Um, he contacts me. He tells me that he likes what I'm doing and everything. So he asked me if I need help. I told him, yeah, I need some help right now. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, you know, we, uh, I think that was the beginning of 2018. We were looking, stopping around for, for deal opportunities. We uh, had a few and then we went to Epic and we felt like that was the best situation for me. And we ended up signing there and the rest is history. Wow. That's amazing. And then just receiving the, the type of feedback that you got from Sylvia and being as legendary as she is. What was that feeling? Because a lot of people don't get that chance of, you know, coming across her death at all and meeting her. Yeah, it was it was a great feeling. Um, I won't I won't act like I knew who she was at first. Wayno mm-hmm. Wayno was kind of the one explaining to me like, yo, that's like that's legendary that she you know she really likes you and everything. So with time, I started to really realize how big the situation was, and I started to appreciate it more. And uh, it just made me feel excited to have someone so so powerful, you know, in my corner and believe in me. Yeah, that's amazing. And that, yeah. I, I'm sure once she finally realized who she was, stuff like that, and just who she's worked with and who she's, you know, what label she's been with, that kind of like was a, a wow feeling for you. Yeah, 100%. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, it was. A- so, D, what's next? I know that the EP's out, the tour. Are you going to be dropping more music this year? More videos for the project? What's what's next to come? Because I see you've got the um, the video series on YouTube, which is incredible. If everybody hasn't watched it, you need to go to D's uh, YouTube channel and follow it. But what's next for you? What's next for D Munoz? Uh, we do have one more video coming this week, and I haven't told anybody, but you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll let the people know. So we have a video coming this week. We have so that means one. I can guess it, right? No, no, no. I always like to slide a little curveball in there, like can I guess it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have a video coming this week. We have the tour coming next week. And we're just trying to, you know, stay busy, stay on the road, uh, record some more music, and you know, we'll see. Hopefully, we drop some, some more, some more fire this summer. I don't know, I don't know, but you know, just trying to stay busy. Exactly. Do you think that you'll probably be on tour this summer as well? Because I know that's a big question a lot of um, of your fans have been asking too. Yeah, that's the goal. You know, we're hoping that we get another another big opportunity for the summer. Absolutely. Fingers crossed, and um, hopefully we will all get a chance. Well, they, if they don't have tickets, they need to be getting tickets to, you know, your show with Allie right now. <laughs> Try <sure>. that area. <laughs> well, Dee, thank you yeah. so much for this um interview. Tell everybody where they can, you know, follow you as far as social media is concerned and, you know, stream and download the project. So you guys can follow me online at Official D Munoz, Official D M U N O Z. My project Moments is out. It's on all streaming platforms. You could go get that. And yeah, I appreciate y'all. What's up, y'all? This is D Munoz, and you're checking out my boy David Dwayne. Yeah, waking up on the prowl. Every night, going out. I know you, you know me from a bar on Halloween. Whiskey ice, Friday night, she moving in, hands are tied. Cause I know just what she'll do, what she'll do. Just a shot will give you wings. Tell it to me. 
What's up, y'all? This is D. Munoz. Make sure you check out my interview with David Dwayne.